Welcome to Restored Life Radio. At Restored Life, we believe you were created for a great purpose with great promise and provision. That's why we're here. We're here to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from the pinnacle you were meant for. And now, here's our Restored Life coach, Dwayne Wolf. We're excited about another day of Restored Life Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Restored Life is all about rebuilding your foundation. You know, so many times it seems like we begin to build on our foundation and then the weight of our lives, the weight of the glory of our lives can collapse our foundation. And it's because of weakness, flaws in our foundation. How do we get these flaws? Well, we get these flaws through our lineage. We get these flaws through rejection and injury. There's all sorts of uh, open doors, it seems, to flaws in our foundation and then as the weight of life the weight of glory the weight of success or the weight of effort presses on our foundation we begin to collapse or the foundation begins to collapse and our life or our success begins to be sabotaged well we want to break out of that that's what restored life is all about breaking out of those sabotaging scenarios, the effect, the influence of rejection, inferiority, worthlessness, hurt, abandonment, abuse, issues, and troubles that come through our lineage. We are showing, teaching you, helping you learn how to overcome all of those issues in Restored Life Institute. We're glad you're. We're glad you've tuned in today. Uh, we hope you'll listen in uh, all the way through the show today. I'm talking about renouncing, and renouncing is really putting a voice to your repentance. It's where you break the tie with wrong thinking, with with thinking that's contrary to the Word of God, the essence of God, the character of God, the success that God brings. We want to break connection with that. Repentance means changing the mind. Renouncing is setting the stage for the breakthrough from those old patterns because you give a voice to the breaking of those patterns. So we want you to listen in today to uh, our section on renouncing. Then, uh, secondly, we're going to get into a section just talking about power of the new creation and, and how powerful it is uh, in this, from the spiritual dimension to renounce, that renouncing is breaking ties with the spiritual realm as well. So thank you again for joining us. Uh, we invite you to call 253-922-1502, 253-922-1502, and uh, visit our website at newhcc.com. That's N-E-W-H-C-C.com. God bless you. Hope you enjoy the show. Uh, we want to think of anything that falls short of the glory of God, right? Any any pattern, whether it's sin or not, and that there's other areas of our life that are of a sabotaging nature or a mediocre nature, a comfort nature, an acceptance nature that we don't necessarily address, confront, work on, uh, renew, or overcome because we don't consider them to be sin. And we might even... Uh, we might even defend those areas. So if um, if they were brought up, <clears throat> if they were if they were brought up by somebody, or if it came to our attention, most of the time we wouldn't even think of areas that aren't sin as areas that need to be reformed or renewed. But uh, especially if somebody brought them to us, we might defend ourselves. And and part of the idea of us thinking about renouncing is for us to think that that as it 
pertains to philosophy, ideology, behavior, lifestyle, that we are actually in covenant. So this is a different way to think, maybe. We're actually in covenant with certain behaviors. We're in covenant with certain philosophies. We're in covenant with certain perspectives. You know, the big buzzword in the 2000s to 2010 was a paradigm shift. Everybody needed a paradigm shift, right? And, you know, and the idea was to, to move from one way of thinking into a higher way of thinking, right? So not just a different way of thinking, but move into a higher way of thinking. But the idea that we talk about or that we want to think about when we think about renouncing uh, past patterns, behaviors, ideologies, philosophies, belief systems, is realizing, okay, that we're actually... We're in a covenant relationship. We're actually one. We're unified. We have communion with these things, with these philosophies, these behaviors, these ideologies. Could be fear, could be failure, could be self-pity, could be unbelief, could be comparison, could be negativity, could be depression, right? So uh, we could make a big, long laundry list until we talked about something that affects you or me, if we didn't touch on one right there. Okay. So we we become one with these things. We become super close to these to the point where they become our identity and we defend them. So if we think about how do we break a covenant relationship, we have to break a covenant relationship. We start with the repenting realm. So so we're we're really following we're following on the heels now of um of how to make these changes, right? Repent and we move to release and we because we're acknowledging that as much as we repent of something, if we still have ought against someone, that we are not going to get the transformational change we desire. So even though in repentance we're drawing near to God, as we draw near to God by shifting our heart and our mind toward him, repent is in the Greek metanoia, and it means to change your mind. And from the biblical perspective, it means change your mind toward God. Instead of mentally running away from him, instead of defending yourself and and distrusting him, then we mentally begin to agree with him. So it's a heart and a mindset thing where we begin to acknowledge internally that his way of thinking is higher than ours and his word is truth. Uh, we throw release in the midst of this thing, trying to you know trying to figure out okay where does that go? What is the where's the best place to throw this lunch meat in the sandwich? We throw it in the middle of this because if we are drawing near to God but we don't heal our horizontal relationships, then the word says God cannot hear us. So Psalm sixty six fourteen, if we regard iniquity in our heart, God cannot hear us. And we talked about Matthew 6, 9 through 14, the Lord's Prayer, where twice Jesus says, you've got to forgive those that owe you so that your Father will forgive you. So, so we've thrown that in the middle. Then we're working toward this step now of renouncing. And renouncing is really a throwback to repentance. These two work together. Okay, In as much as, again, it goes back to uh, Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10, which is maybe my favorite little covenant passage. The way that we, the way we come into Christ is to believe in our heart, confess with our mouth. Now, why is it that way? Because we are 
establishing a covenant relationship with God through Christ. So a covenant relationship is enacted as we believe in our heart fully in the relationship, yield ourselves to the relationship and confess. Now in this case, Jesus, you know, in, in any covenant relationship, there's the there's the laying down of my life so that I can take up the life of the other. So this is why part of why we say we're told to confess Jesus as Lord because essentially we're we're exchanging our life for his. Now it's not a loss because he's exchanging his life for ours. That's the way a covenant relationship works. If you'll die for him, it's because he already died for you. He who did not spare his own son, right? Romans 8:32 Will he not also with him freely give us all things? When when Jesus died and when Father inaugurated this covenant relationship with us, it was really his pledge to us, pledging everything that he is toward us. So how can we not pledge everything we are? And that's the way a covenant relationship works in a marriage uh, in any other way, all the way back to the beginning of covenant relationships. Uh, that's why there's the exchange of blood. The exchange of blood in a covenant relationship simply means to the death. I am yours to the death. And even though we get tripped out on that, that, you know, God wants us to do that. Oh my goodness, you know, I have to lay down my whole life and to the death. But do we realize he's done that to us? He's actually saying the same thing, to the death. I'll pay your bills to the death. I'll stand by you, I'll defend you to the death, I'll protect you to the death. You know, essentially, this is what Jesus has already done in advance so that all of the power of the Almighty could be made available to us. He already went to the death. No greater love has any man that he would lay down his life for his friend. And this is what he's done for us. So it's a really cool relationship, amen? When we think about making a covenant relationship, then we uh, do it out of the heart, fully out of the heart, and we confess it with our mouth. Essentially what we're doing in the renouncing step is we're, we're, we're breaking covenant relationships. So this is the tearing up of covenant relationships. This is super important because, because there is, there's a strong influence and a movement, if not taught, caught in Christianity that essentially you just need to believe. You need to believe... And you need, to, you need to believe, you need to confess, confess and believe. But there's not a lot of emphasis on tearing up, destroying, overthrowing those old covenant relationships that are symbolic in our behavior, our philosophies, our mindsets, our language, our speech. Uh, you, you follow what I'm saying? That's part of why this step is so super important. In repentance, God is the focus. Repentance is turning from the Adamic nature and from earthy wisdom, that's James 3, it's changing our mind toward God, moving 180 degrees toward him, reconciling and restoring our relationship with him. Renouncing is announcing a legal separation. It's announcing a legal separation that a lot of our lifestyle is embedded through agreement, through confession, through consent, it is tied together in these covenant relationships. We don't realize that. And so one thing for us to acknowledge is that the renouncing of a relationship and our agreement, our submission to a way of living, thinking, or doing is actually a legal separation. 
it's a legal divorce. Uh, and, and there's great power in that in the spirit realm. There's great power in that in, uh, in the God realm, in that I think the Holy Spirit gets real excited about this stuff when we really, you know, when we uh, knit ourselves to him and we really make this break, right? Resist the devil, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Uh, the minds, you know, the the way I like us to think of that out of James chapter 3 is, or that's actually James chapter 4, the way I like us to think of that is submit to God's way of seeing, God's way of thinking, God's way of doing, God's way of saying. So extrapolate, magnify, amplify that scripture. Don't just think submit to God. Again, you know, don't, if sometimes we, we look at scriptures or we read things or we've heard things, and we we don't we don't extrapolate them to even the context because the context of this goes all the way back to James chapter one, and we pick up some of the context in James chapter three. The wisdom from beneath is earthy, demonic, sensual, and wherever it exists or wherever bitterness exists, there will be disorder, confusion, and every evil thing. This is part of what he's saying to resist. He's saying the wisdom from above, this is James 3, 13 through 17, is peaceable, uh, it's merciful, it's willing to yield, it's sown in peace by those who make peace. I want us to think of it that way when we think even out of that James chapter 4 scripture, when we think of submitting to God, thinking we're submitting to God's way of seeing, God's way of thinking, God's way of doing, God's way of saying. So renouncing is actually a de- number two. Renouncing is actually a declaration of our repentance. We've changed our mind. Now we're declaring it. Uh, we're declaring a separation from the old thought, the behavior, the feeling, the belief system. A new mindset must be made known for it to have power. Uh, here's a scripture using the word renounced. It's uh, the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. One translation, I I like it maybe even a little bit better. Uh, It says, "We, we have renounced the things that cause shame. That's pretty cool. The Oath of the Covenant as as it pertains to the negative that we are breaking, stepping away from. The oath is the pledge that you have made, the agreement with the covenant uh, partner. So, uh, and a lot of that is just talked out. I give you some examples here that that we maybe process more subconsciously under number one. Sometimes we process some of the oath of the covenant of this stuff more subconsciously. When I'm depressed, I will drink. When I'm threatened, I will lie. When I'm not cared for, I will demand. When I need attention, I will pout. When I'm afraid, I will control. When I'm depressed, I will overeat. When I'm frustrated, I will yell. When I feel rejected, I will fight back. Okay? Those can be subconscious manifestations of the oath of some of this. So these are parallel to the oath of of what would be the covenant relationship with some of these behaviors or thought processes that are not rendering good fruit. His lordship over me is because I willfully continue to submit. I keep yielding myself to him. And I keep taking every thought and making it obedient to, this is 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. I keep taking all of my thoughts and bringing them 
uh, under the obedience of Christ. And part of that is because I know if I put these thoughts that are contrary or rebellious or uh, carnal or earthy, if I put them to death, I'll immediately taste of resurrection. Resurrection is on the other moment from death, not the other year, not the other lifetime, not the other portal through eternity. Resurrection for us, resurrection for me. I can taste of resurrection life, Zoe life, abundant life right now by putting the carnal or the lower, the lesser, the fleshy, the earthy, the sensual to death. So it's so I'm really wise to stay very yielded to him, take every thought captive and bring those thoughts under the obedience of Christ. That's and and Paul says, Second Corinthians ten three through five, that's very powerful spiritual warfare. He says that's really that's 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 victorious stuff there. You're going to have some great victories if you if you keep yielding your thoughts to him and give him the supremacy over your thoughts even. But you're sovereign over you. So now does God bring revelation sometimes? Yes. Does he bring greater revelation sometimes? Does he help us with deliverance? Absolutely. Does he help us get free? Does he help us renew our mind? Yes. But there's there's an obligation we have because I'm sovereign over me. There's an obligation we have to pursue him, to desire change, and to present Whatever revelation he's giving me to present myself back to him with that revelation as a submitted vessel. I think what happens is if we yield to him well with the revelation that he releases, then he releases more revelation. Revelation toward higher thinking, higher living, greater victories, etc. So... Satan received a an authority relationship over mankind when Adam fell. So Adam was given lordship over the earth. He was given the lease of the vineyard, so to speak. But when he bowed to Satan, that empowered Satan into or gave Satan a position of lordship over man. And it says that he became the god of this world, the prince and the power of the air. Now when that happened... Satan, who had been deposed out of heaven, and I think he was actually on this voidless earth. So, see, Lucifer was one of the archangels. There's Michael, Gabriel, there was Lucifer. Lucifer was assigned to Jesus. Not only was Lucifer assigned to Jesus, but he was, he was the source of all music in the heavenlies. And so he was the complement to Jesus. He was the anointed one who covered, the anointed cherub who covered, right? So we're told about some of these things in Scripture. So so when he's banished from the, the holy mountain, I, I think he was probably banished to the earth. And the earth was a place where it was void and darkness covered the face of the deep. I think that on purpose God came like in your grill, to create a garden, a replica of heaven, and a new species, a new being, who would be the bride of Christ, the complement, who would carry in them music, and who would be the anointed ones who represent or cover, care for, who are the helpmeet of his sons. This is part of why there's such this this uh, hatred and animosity is because we have replaced Lucifer, and he knows it. This makes sense? So he comes right down to earth where he's cast Lucifer. So Lucifer had no position in my theological belief. 
Lucifer had no position to address the Father or to even access God until Adam fell. When Adam fell, then the authority, the relationship, the, the, um, there was a transference of power that was given to Lucifer, and now Lucifer could come before the Father and, and accuse, confront, and that, that whole relationship died in, in, uh, in Revelation 12. Okay. So when Jesus, the perfect man, ascended, Ephesians chapter 4 says, well, first of all, Peter tells us that, that when he was in the grave, that he was justified in spirit. And then we're told death couldn't hold him. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4 that he comes out of the grave, right? And he led captives out of the grave. And it says he led them in his train into glory. So then he comes to the right hand of the Father. We see this picture in Daniel 2, Daniel 7, Daniel 9. Uh, we see some of these things. Daniel was able to see some of these things. Then it says in Revelation 12, there was a war in heaven and Satan was cast out. And it says, woe unto you in the earth because he's come down knowing that his time is short. So my opinion is is that he can't, he can't talk to the Father about you. He can talk to you about you. But he has no access into the heavens because his access was through man and the perfect man has defeated him. Once a perfect... Jesus defeated him, not in his divinity, but in his manhood. Thanks so much for being a part of Restored Life Radio. Our next segment, I want to talk about how much the enemy wants to sabotage your life. And it's because you've really replaced him in relationship to Jesus. Listen in. I think you'll get some clues and some understanding on how much the enemy hates you. And of course, all the more why we need to renounce any dealings with his principles, his ways, his deception. He's out to sabotage your life, and yet God has come to give you life and life more abundantly. When we follow the Lord, when we follow his principles, when we follow his wisdom, we find life and life indeed. Again, call us anytime, Restored Life, 253-922-1502, and visit us on the web at newhcc.com. That's newhcc.com. Send us an email. Contact us. We'd love to be a part of your restored life. Once a perfect man defeated Satan, then you know that's where our restoration flows from. That's where our power flows from. That's where our inheritance flows from, uh, because we are hidden in the perfect man. We're hidden in the last Adam. So therefore, Satan's been cast out of heaven, and Satan, he he doesn't talk to God about you. He he doesn't talk to God about getting permission to harm you. You know, just throw this out. My opinion is, if he harms you, either you. You didn't know it was him harming you, or it was your fault that he harmed you. So either you didn't know, you were naive, you didn't know, or you maybe knew, but you didn't stand up. You didn't stand up in the word, or stand up for yourself, or stand up, so, or stand up against sin, or stand up. So, you know, my perspective is that the enemy's dealing more with us. Woe to you in the earth. He's come down to harm you, to deceive you, to overcome you, knowing that his time is short. He's come down angry. So thank you again for joining us. Uh, we invite you to call 253-922-1502, 253-922-1502, and uh, visit our website at newhcc.com. That's N-E-W-H-C-C.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Restored Life Radio. 
For more information on the Restored Life Institute, contact us at 253-922-1502.